0: I think it's so so important that we get a revelation of Jesus Christ in these days. Who would agree with me? Thank you, Ben. That's Steve, if you want to stay and help me out, I'd really appreciate that. Uh, awesome song, Julie. Awesome song. You know, once you have seen the face of Jesus, you will never be the same. And you don't have to see the manifested face of Jesus. You don't have to see his face as we see each other's face. You see his heart inside here, and you are never, ever the same. And I know that Jill is saying, my mom, has this incredible revelation of Jesus. And so any trial that she faces, she, says, she said this to me. She said, you know, I knew that God was going to use me in miracles. But if I have to be the miracle, then so be it. As long as people see Jesus, and it's so amazing, you know. I told you a couple of weeks ago that my brother, who's been estranged from me, you know, in all of this, you know, he rang me up and said that, you know, things were beginning to change in his life, and that he was rethinking his life and he needed to reinvent himself. But he actually, um, this is my brother who doesn't want to know about God, doesn't want to know anything. He rang my mom the other day in the midst of this trial, and he said, "I want to sing you a song." He doesn't sing either. He doesn't even talk. He just grunts, you know, and he's always out of, out of it. He's always off his face. So if everybody rings you up, he's drunk, and you just have to, you know, put up with it, whatever he goes on about. But he was straight. He said, I want to sing you a song. And he sang, what was the song he sang, Jamie? Do you remember? Jesus, lover of my soul. Who remembers that song from the 80s? He sang that song to my mom, got halfway through it and just said, i got to go, and just hung up the phone. She's just so moved by that. When you have a revelation of Jesus, it doesn't matter what you go through, he's going to show forth his glory. Is that right? He's going to show forth his glory in every aspect of your life. And I think for too long, the church has thought that the glory is some, I don't know, some fake thing that's out there that we have to smile and everything's okay and put on the good face everybody and make sure you know you come to Jesus everything's going to be great and it's all rosy and it's all lovely but it's not true the truth is that we go through the same stuff that people go through the difference is we don't go through it alone and the difference is it works good in us and we become better people through it is that right Thanks so much, Ruba for the card that you gave me when I wasn't well. It meant heaps to me. Ruba sent me a card. It was just so amazing. Last week I I preached on um, Isaiah chapter 60. If you can just put that up, Tim, those verses there. Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. See, darkness covers the earth. A deep darkness is over the peoples of the earth, but the Lord will rise upon you and his glory shall be seen in you. And the next part. Have you got the next part? No? That's all right. Oh, here we go. Nations will come to your light and kings to the brightness of your dawn. You know, in Genesis, we read about how Adam and Eve walked with God. Now, My Bible says that God lives in unapproachable light. Amen. So if you walked with a God who was in unapproachable light, don't you think that that light would get on you? If you walked with a God who is all glory, don't you think the glory would get on you? Amen. It says that his glory shall come over us and be seen in us and nations will be drawn to the light that is in us. And in Genesis, something happened. They lost relationship with God through disobedience, and the light went out. Amen. And the glory of God was no longer seen on mankind. It was, it was, and even mankind's own glory diminished. Do you know that when God's glory shines on you, that actually it reveals your own glory? You say, oh, Pastor Julie, I don't have glory. Bow down, you know, scrape the floor. But you do have glory. There is glory in each one of you. There's a glory of God that needs to be displayed. Who, when you look at nature, don't you think that God displays his glory through nature? You look out, you see, that, like, just go to Toowoomba at sunset. Whoa. We were there the other day at sunset, weren't we, Phil? we were there till 8 o'clock at night. I just wouldn't want to go home because the sunset was glorious. And I was sitting there, Katrina, thinking, I could paint this. It's so exciting. Everything I looked, She says, you wait, you'll get the bug. And everything you look at, you want to paint. You know, I've got the bug. And I was just looking. I was thinking, God is displaying his glory right now here. You know, when a bird takes off and it flies through the sky, when an eagle soars, it's displaying the glory of God. That bird's own glory is displaying God's glory. Therefore, you have glory. Greg, you have glory when you play guitar. You're displaying your glory for the glory of God. You know what I mean? And there's something that shines out of you when you get a hold of that. You've got glory. You've got something to give. Even if it may just be some loaves and fishes, it may be something simple. But you can show forth the glory of God. So when I talk about arise, shine, for your light has come. You know, you don't have to like go up onto a mountain, stay there until, you know, and, and not eat or, and fast and, and wait for the glory of God to come. The glory of God wants to shine on your glory. Amen. And he wants He wants to bring forth the glory of you on the earth to bring forth his glory. Do you understand that, Chris? Yes. Like Chris, this morning I was watching you just taking out the tithes and offerings. And I got so excited when I looked at the manhood in you. And I was so excited to see a man with manhood taking out the tithes and offerings, totally owning that role, totally. And it was just the glory of God was being manifest in you passing a white bucket around. Isn't that amazing? I didn't I feel I mentioned it. I just thought was so excited at seeing him and I think Richard was the other one just looking down and saying, "Wow, that's awesome, but see we lost something in the garden. We lost the glory of God." Amen. Leviticus 26, and we won't go there, but in Leviticus 26 it really explains the covenant that God wants to have with his people. And God is a covenant-keeping God, and God loves covenant. How many of you know that? And Leviticus 26, it talks about the covenant of God. Now, I've got something written in the back of my Bible, if I can find it. Who scribbles all over their Bibles? Oh, I scribble all over mine. It's such a mess, but anyway, it's here somewhere. It must be at the end of Revelation. No. It says, don't add to or take away from it. It's okay, I'm only writing scriptures down. <laughs> oh, I've lost it now. But God is a covenant-keeping God. It basically says something like this. The covenant of God is that, that he would dwell with his people, that they would love him, he would love them, and then he would dwell with them. That, that's, what, that's all he wants to do. He wants to be with us. Isn't that right, Michael? Isn't it, Michael? Last, last Sunday night, so many people were being touched by God. And I think we prophesied over 40, 50 people, really accurate, quite detailed prophecies. And people were being touched by God. It was just amazing. And um, and I know Michael was touched by God. Weren't you, Michael? And honestly, and, and, I, and, you know, I've looked at Michael before. I said, God, you know, give him the breakthrough that he needs. Give him the glory so that he can display the glory that he is on the earth. Amen. And when he got off the floor, he came up to me and said, oh, I just want to thank you because something happened to me. I know what you're talking about now. I know about that, about that love, that love. It just dumped on me. And I looked at his face, and I swear to you, and even now, it's changed. And I said, Michael, have you looked at your face? And I ran him up the back, up to the mirror, and we'd look at your face. And he freaked out. And you know what he said? I thought this is amazing. He looked around and he said, I can see beauty. As if it was, it was just like the first, not in himself, I mean in everything. It was like the first, it's like a veil had been removed and he could see beauty. Amen. Now let's have a look at Exodus and have a look at this veil. Um, Exodus 34, you got that one, Tim? Yeah, when Moses came down from Mount Sinai with the two tablets of the testimony in his hands, he was not aware that his face was radiant because he had spoken with the Lord, hold it there for a sec Did you, you weren't aware that when you came off the floor that your face was radiant, it still is, it still is, it's glowing at me, it's going voom, voom, voom. he wasn't aware of it, but why was, why was his face radiant because he had spoken with the Lord You know, if we open ourselves up to close relationship with Jesus Christ, the glory will get on us. We can't help it. And then our glory will be revealed, and God's glory will be revealed through our glory. Amen. Let's go on with that scripture. Thanks. When Aaron and all the Israelites saw Moses, his face was radiant, and they were afraid to come near him. You're freaking people out now, Michael. But Moses called to them. So Aaron and all the leaders of the community came back to him, and he spoke to them. Yep. Afterward, all the Israelites came near him, and he gave them all the commands of the Lord. And yeah, remember that. So, next bit: when Moses finished speaking to them, he put a veil over his face. But whenever he entered the Lord's presence to speak with him, he removed the veil until he came out. And when he came out and told the Israelites what he commanded, they saw that his face was radiant. And then Moses would put the veil back over his face until he went in to speak with the Lord. Isn't that amazing? Can you imagine? Can you imagine just going down to? I always call it Franklin's, but Franklin's isn't around anymore, is it? Okay. Oh, Esme works at Franklin's? There is a Franklin's. It lives. It lives. But can you imagine Esme going to Franklin's and all the, all the checkout girls as you're going through the checkout going, Whoa, what is it? Can you just cover your face, Esme? Man, you're blinding me. I need sunnies around you. Well, this is what it was like. But you see, God had intended for every man to live like this. God had intended in the Garden of Eden that we would all live like this, with the glory of God all over us. In everything that we do, and everything that we touch, the glory of God will be made manifest. Now, physically, maybe a light's not shining out of your face. Amen. There's not a halo over your head as you walk around. No, no, there isn't. But But you see, as God, as Jesus comes and His glory is made manifest in us and through us, the light will increase until full dawn. And people are going to come to that light. Now, they may not know what it is. They might not walk up and go, Gail, flick the switch off, man. You're blind. No, they don't know. They go, Gail, what is it about you? (laughs) He wants it. Who else wants what Gail's got? (laughs) She shows forth what? Because... God shows forth his glory through her glory. Because whenever he's around her, he makes her more like her. Because God created us to be glorious in our own unique and individual ways. And when he comes around us, the glory of each individual person gets cut loose. And like, look at Nick. He goes, I really like to feed the poor. And I go, Nick, that's the glory. That's your individual glory. Go feed the poor. Please. The poor are waiting for you. Amen. Now when he goes out to feed the poor, what happens to him? His face starts to shine. He gets a little skip in his step. Why? Because he's being who he was created to be since the beginning of time. And because he's communing with God about it, he's in the perfect will of God. He's looking into the face of Jesus and he's saying, Jesus, do you want me to go feed the poor? Yes, I do, says Jesus. I said it in there. And he goes off and he does it and he gets such a buzz out of it that he feels like he's being renewed and he's getting made more and more glorious because he's just being him the way he was meant to be. Amen. Amen. Now, Jesus came and he gave us a new covenant. Who knows that? So exactly what Moses had now became available to everyone. The curtain was rent in two. The presence of God came back out to dwell amongst us. God reestablished his covenant in a new covenant where he said, my covenant is this, I want to love you, you love me, I dwell with you. Love the Lord God with all your heart, soul, mind and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. And God will dwell with you. Emmanuel, God is with us. And God came out from behind that curtain, came to dwell with man again. And now he walks and talks with us. Don't you think it's fantastic? I said to Phil last Sunday night, 40 or 50 people we prophesied over. I, I, and people saying, how did you keep going? It wasn't me because God was talking to man. And, you know, sometimes it's just like God is so desperately reaching down. I was sharing with Greg this morning. That's what our music is. That's what our preaching is. And man is desperately reaching up, and there's a gap between the two hands. And then we just get, we just get one hand. Come on, God. Oh, come on, man. Oh. And we stick the hands together, and then we just walk away. That's what ministry is. You know, someone came up to me this morning and said, Will you pray for me? I heard you have the gift of healing. I don't have the gift of healing, but I can put you in the hands of the healer. I can connect yours and his hands together and, you know, I can only connect you up. I haven't got the stuff. I've got nothing to give but Jesus Christ. Amen. I preach nothing but Jesus and him crucified. Amen. And so let's have a look at 2 Corinthians chapter 3. Now, if the ministry that brought death, we're talking about, the ministry of what death is the old covenant, which is engraved in letters on stone, came with glory so that the Israelites could not look steadily on the face of Moses because of its glory, fading though it was. Will not the ministry of the Spirit be even more glorious? So if they had to cover their faces with a veil because of the glory that was on Moses, and that was a fading glory, that was a passing glory, the glory that is on you is the new covenant. It is an ever-increasing glory. Let's go on with the next part of that scripture. Um, is more? Yes, there should be more. Is there? To 18. Okay, we'll go to the next part. 2 Corinthians 4, 1 to 6. That scripture, that's the bit I want. That's the more yes therefore since through God's mercy we have this ministry we do not lose heart keep going rather we have renounced secret and shameful ways we do not use deception nor do we distort the word of God on the contrary by setting forth the truth plainly we commend ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God that's just all preliminary stuff now and even if our gospel is veiled everyone say veiled it is veiled to those who are perishing keep going the God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel, of the glory of Christ, who is what? The image of God. When we walked in the garden, we were the image of God. Amen. And that was the glory. For we do not preach ourselves with Jesus Christ as Lord and our saves as servants for Christ's sake. For God who said, let light shine out of darkness, made his light shine in our hearts, Look at this, to give us the light of the knowledge of the glory of God. Where? In the face of Christ. Just hold it there. Many of you know that when I, was, when I was born again, I became born again through seeing the face of Jesus Christ. I was in a room crying out to God and Jesus manifested his face in the room. I'm talking about not just a vision, not just it was him. And the whole side of the room was lit up white and His face shone to me. Just recently, I went through a really huge trial and a year of really hard times. I'm just coming through the other end of that. But in that, the Lord said, there's other ways that I want to manifest my glory through you and I want you to you know, do stuff that you've always wanted to do. I thought, oh, I want to paint. I've always wanted to paint. And, and my dad painted and I want to paint. And so I didn't know much how to do it or anything like that, but I thought... You know, I really, I really want to show forth your glory, Lord, in these things. So I went to art class with Katrina and all the girls are around the table and they're doing these great pieces of art and everything like that. And my greatest fear came to pass as, a, as the lady said to me, I guess we'll just get you to paint the pears. And I just ran, because I thought, if she tells me to paint pears or flowers, I'm just going to die <laughs> because I just feel like such a nerd. But anyway, I painted the pears and they were pretty good pears. They, they look like pears. Yeah, Gemma thought they were good. She bought them home, and when I bought them home, she framed them for me. She thought they were pretty cool, but I just put them back in another room. And, um, and so then when I went back to art class the next time, I thought, oh, God, what am I going to do now, the flowers? And she goes, what would you like to do? And I said, oh, I don't know, maybe a landscape, something like that. And she pointed to this landscape on the wall, which is really beautiful, purple mountains and all that. She said, you could do that, you know. I went... From painting pears to that, come on, bring it on! And so, I did the landscape, and I did another one at home, the same. And I just, you know, just kept painting. It was nice. So I, I've done like three works of art now: pears, and two unfinished landscapes. And so I'm at home, and the Lord says to me, "You know that face that you saw? People need to see that." And I said, "Oh, that's good." And He said, "And I said, one day I'll paint it, Lord." He said, "No, you paint it now." I said, "Lord." You're talking about portrait painting. You know, only the best artists even attempt portrait painting. I've got no idea how to start. Art classes don't go back to the end of January. And he said, "No, just paint it. And I'll teach you." And so I got a canvas and I just started to paint what I saw. Now, what I want to say this to you: This is a really poor image of what I saw. Who knows that when you try? It? I mean, who could ever? <laughs> but what I want to get through to you is this: that Jesus showed himself to me in his glorified state. I had no knowledge of him at all. He was not, he didn't have brown hair. He didn't have blood dripping. He was not defeated. He showed himself to me as the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. He came to rescue me on the white horse. Amen. With many crowns. And in Revelations 1 and 12 to 16, I just want to show you this. It it freaked me out when I read this because I kept saying to people he had white hair and they're going don't be ridiculous he's got brown I said no he had white hair and he had blue eyes and the eyes looked right into me you know, and they could see me and they found me and I turned around to see the voice that was speaking to me this is in Revelations and when I turned I saw seven golden lampstands and among the lampstands was someone like a son of man dressed in a robe reaching down to his feet and with a golden sash around his chest his head and hair were white like wool as white as snow, and his eyes were like blazing fire. Just hold it there. And I said, God, but you, Jesus, your eyes were blue. And then we we bumped in, and I and I had trouble with the eyes, right? So I thought I'm not going to paint blue eyes because they're really hard to paint. So I did green eyes at first, looked ridiculous, and I painted them out. And I did these brown eyes. I'll just do the brown eyes. The white hair, the brown eyes, it'll work. You know, no one knows that I saw the blue eyes. And, and so I tried to paint the brown eyes, and. They were really good eyes, right? But every time I walked past it, he was looking at me. It was like, these aren't what you saw. You've got to tell the truth. The truth will set you free. I thought, but blue eyes, it doesn't make sense. It says your eyes were like blazing fire. You want me to do red eyes? I don't understand it, you know. And so um, I, did, I woke up this morning and I just began to cry. I said, God, I really want it. Jesus, I really want to paint your eyes. And I felt really stupid because I really want to show forth your glory and I'm not, I don't know how to do this. And he said, paint them blue. I'll teach you. Just pick up the brush. I'll teach you. And so I painted his eyes blue, cried all the way through it. And I was still thinking, gosh, you know. And and then, he, you know, it was just this face on this canvas and, and I kept thinking I should put a body on it. I should put shoulders on it. It just looks funny. This face is stuck there like this, you know, and it's sort of off-center and everything. And then I realized that Jesus kept saying to me, this is what you saw. That's exactly where way you saw it. You need to paint what you saw and stop trying to add to it or take away from it. Then we bumped into Neil Joseph, didn't we? He's a famous artist on the coast. We were going into the art shop, me and Katrina, to buy some more stuff so I could finish my painting. And he was coming out with his little bag. And so, and so Katrina said, oh, guess what? I'm going back to art classes and Julie's come with me. And I went, yeah, yeah, I'm painting the face of Jesus. And he goes, whatever you do, don't do too much detail. I went, oh, that's exactly opposite to what Jesus told me. He said, go for detail. And then I said, yeah, 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 yeah. It's just kind of weird because he's got white hair and blue eyes and trying to make excuses for it. And he said, yeah, didn't it say his eyes were like blazing fire? I said, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I went, yeah, I know. And then he goes, yeah, but the blue part is the hottest part of the fire. And I went, oh, ah, I got really, really excited. Anyway, I'm going to show it to you because, because I, I want you to see the glory. Amen. Can you do that, Katrina? And you're not, no, you're not here to critique my art. I'm a beginner, I don't know what I'm doing. But I just want you to see just a glimpse maybe of what I saw that day. Amen. His eyes, they just look right through you. His hair just seemed to fill the glory that was around him. The light that was around him just seemed to fill up his hair. And his smile, his mouth is so kind. You know, it just, he looked at me with total acceptance and total love. And when I looked at that face, I carry that glory with me until this day, amen. To this day, I carry that glory. And when they teach me how to do it, I might be good at this. But that doesn't matter, because when I look into those eyes, I see him. Amen. I see him. Now you can take it down now, Katrina, They'll all get distracted now. <laughs> They're gonna be going, oh, the nose is a bit long. Oh, you know. Yeah, yeah. Just put up that scripture, two Corinthians four, seven to eighteen. But we have this treasure in jars of clay. How many of you know that you have a treasure inside of you? This glory. This this is inside of you, but you're a jar of clay. How many? How many have realised that you're just a jar of clay? Is that true? Why? That this all-surpassing power to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. Oh, Pastor Julie, why do things always go wrong? You know, why do I get sick? Why do I? Why does this happen? Why don't I? You know, we're supposed to be Christians. Everything's supposed to be good. No, my Bible says that these things happen to us. Can we just go back? We have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all surpassing power is from God and not from us. Keep going. We are hard pressed on every side, but don't you love the buts? But not crushed. Perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not abandoned. Struck down, but not destroyed. Amen. The next part is there another part? We always carry around in our body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our body. For we who are alive are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake, so that his life may be revealed in our mortal body. So then death is at work in us, but life is at work in you. It is written... I believed, therefore I have spoken. With that same spirit of faith, we also believe, and therefore we speak. Because we know that the one who raised Lord Jesus from the dead will also raise us with Jesus and present us with you in his presence. All this is for your benefit, so that the grace that is reaching out to more and more people may cause thanksgiving to overflow to the glory of God. Amen. Therefore, we do not lose heart. Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Amen. Now the Lord is spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is there is freedom amen do you know that you can be free even when you're going through a major trial there's something so beautiful about the presence that he draws you deeper into him somewhere in the midst of it you find him and you get freer you know satan tries to put us in chains and we just get freer he tries to put sickness on it we just get stronger he tries to put depression on us we just fall in love with jesus more I was saying, look, you must as well just leave me alone because I just keep getting better and better and better. Every time you come knocking on my door, I'm just getting better. Amen? Sometimes when you're in the middle of it, you feel like you're never going to get through. You feel like you're never going to get through. I, I couldn't even imagine standing up and preaching again when I was going through the middle, while I was going through. But Jesus was there. And you know what? Preaching wasn't important. Stuff wasn't important anymore. He became the most important thing in my life. He was the air that I breathe. And now every time I breathe, He's breathing with me stronger, greater. Amen. You can't go through stuff. You can't go through suffering without Him revealing His glory through you. And the next part. And we, who with unveiled faces, all reflect the Lord's glory are being transformed into his likeness with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. Read it again. And we, with unveiled faces, not like Moses, we don't have to cover our faces, all reflect the Lord's glory. I want you to say that right now. I reflect the Lord's glory. And take the veil off right now. Take it off. It's not yours. Take it off are being transformed, say transformed, into his likeness. Amen. All things work together for our good. Isn't that right? You may all things work together for your good. And with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. So beautiful. Habakkuk 2.14 is the last scripture I've got for you. For the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. How is the earth going to be filled with the knowledge of the glory of God unless the glory of God gets on his church and we get out of these four walls? How can we cover the earth with the glory of God as the waters cover the sea? if we don't get that glory on us and go fill the earth, go and subdue the earth the way we were supposed to in the first place. You have to believe that you are created in the image of God to display His glory and to bring forth the glory that you have upon this earth in whichever way God calls you to display that glory, you need to arise, shine. Amen. I said to April last... Sunday night I think April's from England. She's Ali's great niece. And I didn't know anything about April, really. And I stood in front of her, I said, Do you dance? And she started laughing, crying at the same time. And I didn't know that. She she dances at home in her church, just in the worship and that. And worships God through dance. And I just said to her, Look, I don't know what it is. But I just see you dancing, and I just see you worshiping God in dance. And I even see you choreographing something on the stage and dancing. I see chains breaking and people being healed, and you know, like. And I just said, I see the purity of God being displayed through your ministry, through your dance. I had no idea, but God did. You see. And afterwards, I said to her, April, "When you get home, you go enroll in dance classes, because it's one thing to just say, you know, like." Have a go, mate. But I'm going to do art classes and I'm going to do it to the glory of God, to the best that I can do it. Amen. God knows each individual life. He knows who you are. He knows what he has called you to do. You know, I said over Graham and Irma a few few weeks ago, I think, you know, I see you laying hands on the sick. But do you know what the greatest thing that you have, you guys, it's not the ability to lay hands on the sick and see them recover or water baptize heaps of people and get them saved anywhere at any time. By the way, he baptizes people without our permission. Isn't that disgusting? How dare he? Where's that in the Bible? Anyway, um, he, just, he just gets them saved and baptizes them. I love it. He's uh, our little John the Baptist roaming around in the streets you know, in his, his, his little coat and whatever it is and everything. But the greatest, you know the glory of God on you guys? It's, it's not the fact that you get people saved. It's not the fact that you can lay hands, and that will increase the laying hands on people. The greatest thing you have is your love. You guys ooze that stuff. Absolutely ooze it. You yeah, absolutely ooze love. And I'd want to get saved if I was around you too because, I, you know, the love that you have, I just want a bit of that, just a piece of it. The world is starving for your glory to be revealed the glory that god has placed upon you and vicky you know when vicky came to this church she said i've joined your church you know and she said i said vicky you're gonna fit here you can just be like a pig in mud now i know that's not a very nice thing to say a pig in mud but you know a a pig in mud is very happy and satisfied why because they found a place to be who they are amen and this woman she just loves the unlovable she she's she you work with dementia patients don't you It works in a nursing home. And she she loves them to pieces and just hugs them and kisses them and and talks to them, and, and, and they understand her. When she talks about Jesus, they understand. You know, that's the glory of God. And we've got to get out of this super spiritual thing that think that only a few select people like Moses are going to carry this glory and going to walk around with this light on their face and all the rest of us have to cover our faces with a veil and then we've just got to bow down and scrape to come into the presence of this almighty person who's been in God's presence because guess what? The veil has been rent in the curtain has been ripped, the veil has been removed and God wants to be and dwell with you. Now just Isaiah 60 to finish. Now listen to this scripture. Arise, (laughs) shine, for your light has come and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. See, darkness covers the earth. a thick darkness is over the peoples, but the Lord rises upon you and his glory appears over you. Nations will come to your light and kings to the brightness of your dawn. You're getting brighter, we're getting brighter. The church is getting brighter. Jesus is revealing himself in our lives, and he's sending forth his church in love and power and light to reach a world that is getting darker as we get lighter. Amen. Let's stand to our feet. Thank you, Steve. Absolutely beautiful. See, Steve's in his glory right now. Who look at Look at his face. He's gone. You probably didn't hear a word I said. He's just with Jesus. Amen. Amen. And when he first came to this church, you know, we talked about it. He just said, when I play piano, I just feel like I'm with Jesus. I said, well, you play piano all the time. Get with Jesus. Amen. You've got to get with Jesus. Close your eyes right now, right across the room. Thank you, Lord God. Beautiful Jesus. Come. Come, Jesus. Lord, you reveal yourself through many different ways to us. Come now, Lord. Touch hungry hearts. Reveal yourself, your light and your glory to your church again and again and again until full dawn. Lord, as we get brighter and brighter, nothing can hold us down. You have made us more than conquerors, overcomers in Christ Jesus. Let us show forth your face. Let us show forth your love. Let us be your hands, your feet, your mouth, your eyes. Let us walk as you walked. But Lord, reveal the glory that we have to bring to this earth through the manifestation of your glory. In Jesus' name. I'm just going to pass to Pastor Phil. I'd really like to pray for some people. Phil, that. I'll just hand to you and